Hey, welcome back to this special bonus episode of the Infamous Podcast. This is Brian. This is the Utopian Daryl. I was going to say this is the banging on my mic stand, Daryl. <laughs> well, I did that yeah. <laughs> pre-show. Pre-show. That's I, in the I, past. It's, oh, okay. I'm sorry. So that's the past. I should let it die, right? Yes. Okay, cool. Just I mean, come it. on. Do you not listen to the Rafiki? The, the, the teachings of Rafiki? Um, I do not listen to the teachings of Rafiki. Uh, I feel like you're telling me I should. Mm-hmm. It's in the past. What does it matter? <laughs> or something there along that sort. That was a good uh, Rafiki uh, impression you did there, my friend. Yeah, I'm here all day. So, well, yeah. actually, for um, the next hour. So. <laughs> Yeah, for the next hour. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> all right. So we are reviewing Jupiter's Legacy Volume One, uh, the Netflix original Millar World series based on um, the Mark Millar, Frank Quitely, uh, Jupiter's Legacy, Jupiter's Circle. Um, and you wanted me to talk about the comic a little bit before we got started, right? Yeah, because I think it gives a little bit of kind of just a nice little foundation for what we're going to go into even though we're not going to talk about the comic like the whole show no it just kind of gives everybody a good idea of where the comic is coming from okay versus where this is and how we feel about it sure 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 okay so the comic um jupiter's legacy um starts with uh it's kind of weird because they've redone kind of the order things went in um, but I'm going to talk about like the original order and it was, uh, it, it starts in the thirties with, uh, Sheldon Sampson, who's a very patriotic American. Um, and he and his family lose everything in the lot lost everything in the, in the stock market crash of, uh, 1929. Um, and when this happens, he is drawn to this Island um, he starts having visions of it, and so he he journeys to this island. He he takes this trek with his brother Walter, um, his fiance. Well, Grace was Grace his fiance at the time. Yeah, well, she she actually broke up with him because that's right. You're right. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so everything. So uh, with his fiance Grace, and then three friends from college, um, and they are the six original superheroes to this world. Um, and so when they're on this island, they get powers, uh, and then Sheldon and everybody comes back. And, and the thing with uh, with the comic, right? It, it it kind of it starts out like introducing who these people are, um, and then we get to see their abilities and 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 kind of a look into who they are. And then it jumps to uh, the ending of the Great Recession from two thousand eight and. Um, you know, them telling President Obama at the time what he should be doing. And Sheldon is adamant that, and he's been adamant the whole time they've been, um, the group is called the Union. It's kind of like their Justice League. Um, he's been adamant that they have a responsibility to do what America's leadership wants them to do, to help protect them and, and to not, not necessarily like solve all their problems. But in the future, their kids have their own powers. They're they're you know they're essentially Kardashians. Um, I think is a good way to put it. 
That's actually a very good way to put it. And they're like seeking like endorsements and fame and interviews. And, you know, the the uh, the Utopian and, and Lady Liberty are are married and they have um, a child, Brandon and Chloe. Uh, Brandon's a drunk who likes hooking up with groupies. Chloe's a model and drug addict who likes trying to kill herself. Um, <laughs> so, you know, um, Brandon, Brandon is, uh, he, he has a, he suffers from a tremendous inferiority complex. Um, but who wouldn't, right? His dad is, is the pinnacle of, you know, human of excellence. Of, of everything. Yeah, of excellence. Yeah. And, and, and not only, not only is Sheldon like, so Sheldon this entire time from the thirties to the, to the two thousands, to the aughts has kept his secret identity um, he's lived as Sheldon Sampson, but you know, so, so there, there's just been all of this stuff that he's done that like other heroes have come out and like, you know, this is who I am. Um, even with his kids being out as heroes, like the utopian still protects his like, it's like, come on, everybody knows who you are. Um, but yeah, so, so it's this, and then you get in the original run for, for Jupiter's legacy, Jupiter's circle, you get the, uh, I'm sorry, Jupiter's like so you 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 get the whole uh um the kids are are not so it's like it, it's like that second or third generation like when you own a sports franchise and you hand it down to your kids the Bengals um and they they're just say, not very yeah. good like Mike I imagine Brown. yeah I imagine like when Jer- when Jerry Jones finally decides to step down and hands the uh the reins over to his kids like the Cowboys are just going to go into the toilet um, cause they're going to be more interested in staying wealthy than winning championships. And, you know, even though the Cowboys suck and haven't won a championship in a long time, Jerry Jones still really wants to win Super Bowls. Um, but anyway, so, so there, there's just all this stuff going on. There's, there's fights, there's, um, you know, events like the, the villains have gotten more and more, um, just radicalized and, and evil and, you know, and so, uh, Walter, who is, you know, the um, the Utopian or Sheld's brother, kind of spearheads this whole movement to like take Lady Liberty and Utopian off the board, and and essentially seat Brandon in in a place of power. Um, Chloe finds out she's pregnant after having a drug overdose with a guy named Hutch, um, who is a. Uh, the son of of the the union's former member and now greatest adversary uh sky fox and you know they end up going on the run after walter and brandon lead the superheroes in killing the utopian and lady liberty and i, I have to say like the way they do this in the comic it's 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 really an interesting because like the whole of the superhero community teams up against these two who they feel like are holding them back. And, you know, they, they, a lot of the heroes just throw themselves at the utopian as cannon fodder until Brandon can, can step in and like, you know, uh, get the job done, so to speak. And then lady Liberty, Walter goes into her head and like makes her think everything's okay. And then when they come out, you see, she's like, just stuck through with every kind of bladed weapon that's ever existed. Um, and then the kids take over. Chloe and Hutch go on the run. Um, and then we get, uh, we, we get like later on, like their kid, he's a little kid. He's got powers. They're hiding in Australia. 
we get some flashbacks to the island um, where we, we, we get to see some of the Union um, in better times. And, you know, and then um, at the end of Jupiter's Legacy, uh, Jason is is uh, found out by Barnabas. Uh, what's his last name? I just oh. Barnabas Wolf. Sorry, totally slipped my mind there. Uh, and in the you know, so he's brought out of hiding, and and that's where it ends. And then we like we jump back and forth between Jupiter's Circle and Jupiter's Legacy. Um, from here on out, and and so, you know, Jupiter's Circle. It's it's the old. The old guard, you see the the union in their prime. Um, you you see what's happening. Um, you know you've got you've got the heroes fighting each other over who's going to be in charge now. Um, it's really it's really really good. I really liked it. Um, you said you weren't like as big a fan of the Jupiter Circle stuff, though, right? So again. I read this as Jupiter's Legacy one and two. Okay. At first, like back three, four years ago, I was not. I did not like Jupiter's Legacy Volume one that much. Oh, see, uh, yeah. With, with you know how they took over because there was no, there was a ver a, a variable, there was a major lack of what I would call motivation mm-hmm. for why this was going on and this is one of the things i think that actually you know despite its faults what the series does a little bit better uh jupiter's legacy volume two i actually really enjoyed with the you know with chloe and hutch's kid i I really liked him and you know where that led to jupiter's circle was okay i think it took me a while to get because there was a definite change, not just in the artwork, mm-hmm. but in the way it was written. It was written like a Silver Age comic, and I think that took me a while. That took me almost all of volume. No, you got to go back further. Was it written like the Golden Age? Um, yeah, yeah, you know, Golden like, Age. Yeah. So, like, it was written like in the 30s and 40s, um, whereas but it was, yeah, like the like the first round with Jupiter's Legacy was was written in, um, you know, like the like just modern modern day comics. Right. Um, and I wonder what they're going to call this most recent like version. Like, right. Like, is this going to be like the woke times? Is it going to be like the copper age? Is it going to be the, uh, so the, the next on one, your shoe age. And I don't know if I told you this, but like, so Jupiter's legacy Requiem was announced in 2019. Yeah. And the first issue I think comes out this or next month or yep. in July or something like that. Yeah. It's coming out. So soon. yeah, Jupiter circle, it did provide a better basis for who these characters were. Mm-hmm. Cause again, we never really got that because, you know, utopian gets killed in, in issue two, maybe three. I don't remember, but mm-hmm. it does a better job really showing you what type of person he is. And as yeah. despite being for the most part, good, his inflexibility, yeah, which kind of leads to a lot of what happens and this is another thing i think the show does pretty well is show how inflexible he is with his code yeah so, so all right so do you want to hop into the show yeah let's hop into the show okay. from here so the because show... i think that was a good, really good way how you you know gave everybody kind of like that yeah. broad brush over what this is and, and so the show definitely has taken some departures from yes um uh, the from the comic, but I, I think I, I think one of the things, um, 
about the show that I have a hard time with is the cast. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they they got like. I don't feel like they have necessarily the right people in the right roles. I think that's part of the problem. Um, but I also think that some of the writing is pretty piss poor. There was a, there was a change in, uh, you know, showrunners at, at one point. Midway through, I yeah. think. Was it? And so, like, Stephen S. Tonight left due to uh, creative differences. And so, you know, like that, there was a huge like tonal change. But then Stephen S. Tonight still like they used the 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 season finale that he wrote. So you know, it, it's why it kind of like had a stamp on it. That's like, okay, I kind of want to see more. Um, but I, I think I, here here's here's what I really liked. Um, I, I liked I liked the interaction with the characters. Um. I liked how much bigger the world of superheroes was because in, in, in the comics, it always felt like really unrealistic that there were so many heroes out there now um, because they made it seem like it only happened from reproduction. Whereas right. it seems like they really unlocked something in humanity. And plus this is, you know, almost 90 years later. <laughs> Right. Um, so maybe these are all like their great grandkids of the original six and everything. But like, if so, that's a super incestuous bunch. Um, <laughs> so, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, I, I told you, I think I want to stop watching things when it comes to comics that I'm super invested in. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I definitely, had some issues with the way they kind of shook the story up now it wasn't as bad as invincible where they took and uh and like you know they shredded the comic and then put it in a boggle box and then shook it up and then hit that little popper and like out it came and how it fell that's the order the story was in um this has a very coherent story uh from start to finish my my big issue is they could have taken all the flashback stuff and front-loaded that in the first two episodes and given us flash-forwards of the kids um, being heroes, like them having kids, and not really telling us like who the parents were of each child. Um, and that would have helped build some drama and some stakes, in my opinion. So I, we've talked about this, and that's, again my biggest issue too. Now I I did have some issues with some of the casting and some of the, to put it kindly, the missing acting skills of certain, you know, people in this show. Yeah. And yes, I did have issues with some of the writing, but yes, there was far too much focus on Sheldon and companies night past in 1929. Mm -hmm. There was just way too much of that yes. where like you said if you if they would have done two episodes where they that could have been wrapped up in two episodes and then the rest of the time could have been if you wanted to do flashbacks you could have done some flashbacks mm-hmm. of some of the stuff that was in Jupiter circle yeah. as far as them in the 50s 40s 60s or save that for season 2 stuff. when you start or, season yeah, 2 with which that, you know which like, I think they probably will yeah if if we get a season 2 I think that's what they will do yeah but 
you yeah and and you could have used more of that time i, I actually like your idea of not necessarily now granted knowing the comic we would know who the characters once they set brandon okay like, okay i know who brandon is yeah. who his dad is but for a lot of people that would have been a very good oh that's the utopian son so here's or, the thing though is in the comic or in the show they give him a superhero alias his name is yeah, the Paragon, which, right? If they only yeah. refer to him as the Paragon, and maybe they would have given Chloe, like you know, the Cutter or whatever, as as like a name, and just refer to him as that, and then we find out Paragon mm-hmm. is you know, uh, Brandon Sampson. Like that would be super interesting. Um, yeah. You know, I I I think. Um, let me. I don't think. Like I know I didn't like the fact that like the Union were all strangers to each other. They didn't have this like shared history when they went to the island. Um, you know, like Fitz was just some guy who worked in, in the, the Samson's steel factory. Um, the only ones who actually knew each other were, were Walter, um, George, George and Walt and, uh, and, uh, and, and Sheldon. Shell. And then Grace was this angry, like journalist. Like, Lois Lane. Sort she, of reporter. she was a homeless woman's Lois Lane. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, like even in the show, it's like, it's Grace Kennedy Sampson, you know, like that, that's not how they did that in the thirties. Um, right. so, or even in the fifties, uh, but yeah, it, so that I, I just like, honestly, I don't, I like at the end, I, I didn't care that they race swap Fitz because Fitz was such a, was... Uh, a non character. He's for some reason, a paraplegic. He's got some weird like scars on his face. Like, great, they'll tell us that. I'm not. I didn't need to know that story yet. Um, I just didn't like that he was a uh, a steel mill worker. Just a random whatever. guy. He was a random, random that guy. Yeah. Picked up. Yeah. And then yeah. um with uh what's his name Blue Bolt like he was legitimately an afterthought. We didn't meet Blue Bolt until like the second to last episode. Um. And that character is someone who they were all very familiar with because in the comic he's gay um, and he, you know, is hiding that lifestyle and he he's like he, he ends up trying to be black or, you know, J. Edgar Hoover, uh, J. Edgar Hoover tries to blackmail him. Um, but I, I thought Matt Lanter would have made a much better Blue Bolt than Sky Fox. Yeah, and now don't get me wrong. I actually liked him as George. Yeah, but I, I have to say, I think I think you're right in that regard. I yeah. think he would have made a better Blue Bolt. Who again? That's the issue I, I had too. There was like even there was a lack of that, like you said, the lack of connection between these people that you know made this huge trip to the island. Which I think that's one of the things that took a little bit away from you know, them as a team, as a union, even, even though they were strangers in it's, they, we never, it never felt like it never felt like they were not strangers. They had gone through, yeah, they had gone 90 years together. So disregard, even disregarding the fact that they were strangers in the beginning, they still remained strangers 90 years later, which to me, that seemed really that if now, if it's one thing, if there was tension there, but it, there was just something missing from their connection, you know, in the 90 years after getting their powers together. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah no, absolutely. You're right. And, and 
again, I just I think um, we saw too much of how that sausage was made with them mm-hmm. becoming the heroes on the island. Um, Josh Dumel hamming it up in 1930s Kansas is something that I, I don't really care to watch. Um, like if it had all been in one episode, it would have been much better than over the span of like three episodes. Um, because then I can't, I could have skipped it much easier. Um, Kurtwood <laughs> Smith showing up as some weirdo, uh, <laughs> weirdo farmer who, who was sharing the same, uh, hallucinations again in the, in the comic when Sheldon has his dream and he tells everybody, they're like, hell yeah, shall we believe in you? Let's go do this. Let's find out what's happening. And in here, they, they like have him committed and you know, it's just, and you know what, one, that the idea that they were behind him in the comic to me would strengthen the, would have strengthened the idea of them after all these years. Yep. Uh, maybe sort of trying to reevaluate how they've looked at things. Yeah. This, the way it goes here, the way it goes in, you know, this series, which again, I did enjoy the series, uh, definitely much more than Invincible. <laughs> uh, but, there were some things that, you know, that there was that lack of connection with the characters. I did really enjoy, like you were talking about the interactions. Yeah. You know, my, again, probably my favorite character in here. And again, I really, I actually like Joss Dumel for the most part. I did, I wasn't a fan of his stuff in the sense of going back in the past, but I really liked how as for the most part as him as a utopian, uh-huh. that kind of, that, Hey, we, we adhere to this code no matter what but it was hutch and it was and again this was a character that you know was also race swap but i actually really didn't care i think hutch turned out hutch and walter turned out to be my two favorite parts um yeah i was really hoping that uh that brandon was going to be a much better character than he turned out to be because in the comics i i really enjoy brandon's fall from grace um into what he becomes so that was like he's a super simp for the utopian mm-hmm. which just doesn't it doesn't it doesn't sit right because especially when he breaks the code you know it's more like a guideline anyway um yeah he uh like he still like just comes around and like takes his takes his poison and and he's like you're you're grounded you you have to stay on the farm um you know i, I, I just I don't know. It, it just seemed like no, he he he's gonna go off, and then the fact that Brandon and Chloe didn't actually have any friends uh, within the superhero community was really weird. Well, Brandon did kind of. I mean, it's a, he's a you, hanging out with ex girlfriends. Well, well, no, they tell us that you know he has friends and his friend Barry, which was what was his name, Seismic or something like yeah. that. But it, again, it's going to that connection thing. They, they never give that a chance to actually show it. So when Seismic or Barry, you know, gets cut in half, I don't feel anything for it. Mm-hmm. That's why, again, if they if they would have, and I and while I liked the fight, that initial fight in the first episode with Black Star, yeah, it was one of those things that came too early because we did not establish any relationship. So when these two soups that were friends, uh, or actually three that were friends of Brandon die. You, you don't feel anything because nothing we, we never got that connection between him. Yes. Yeah. We had a, you know, a drink, him and Barry had a drink, but a, there was nothing 
substantive formed in that little interaction with me. Yep. So that was another one of those things that they really missed on what they were trying to do. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say this did do better, even though, like you said, he is a super simp for, you know, and again, it's, he does have that same inferiority complex as he does in a comic. It just manifests in a different yeah, way. Yeah, but he comes across as a sub instead of someone who's actually kind of dominant. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what I, yeah. Well, I was about to say what I liked in this one. And again, my biggest issue, like I said, as far as the comic volume one, there was never a strong enough reason for me to, believe that all these soups would turn on the utopian and lady liberty the yeah. show does a better job of explaining that hey like you said these uh you know villains are becoming radicalized they're they are out for blood mm-hmm. and and these soups are dying and we never really see that in the comic now with brandon what i liked in the series is that this whole time he is well you know he is ambivalent towards the code except when someone i think it was the flare uh, the flare's daughter i uh, forgot her name uh petra the is flare, thinking about quitting <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> she's thinking about quitting you know brandon reiterates the code yeah. and then he has that conversation with his dad who's like no the code i believe in it because i said it and then we get that finale where it looks like the utopian is more afraid of breaking the code than letting his son die. Right. And I think that will be the impetus I needed to kind of believe that, oh, I could see why Brandon would turn on his dad. Yeah. Yeah. Even though he did, it was funny because even though he didn't see his father about to break the code, um, it's still in his mind that his dad cared more about the code than him. Yeah. And I think that will lead to a season two where we get, volume one it, it it's funny because in certain ways this felt more like a prequel to volume one in certain aspects while in other aspects it lined up with you know some of what was going on like with chloe and hutch yeah well so i think would have been interesting is if they would have either done none of the past at all right just show us the like the current state of superheroes and you know you end the season. You could even end the season when it ended it, which wasn't a problem. But because um, I feel like they're going to keep Josh, uh, the Utopian is, is steeped deeply in plot armor um, <laughs> on this show. But, it's going to uh, be kind of like uh, Nolan not leaving Invincible yeah, in a yeah, way, right? Or like Hero not dying on Heroes. Um, <laughs> uh, but but like you know the the change that they made, the changes that they made to George, because we don't see any of George's like sky fox at all right no until the very end um we don't see any of the flair other than in in you know for the most part in real time and then when he's fixing stuff on the um on the ship on the way out but um you know and then richard conrad blue bolt like literally is a is an afterthought like he he really was and I, I feel like they could have done a lot more with the three of them. Because um, in the comic, I mean, Flair gets injured um, mm-hmm. and, and is paraplegic. But he comes back. Like, when it's modern right. day, he's healed. Like, not he- Well, yeah, I guess he is healed. Um, because he tries to stop a plane from crashing by himself. And that's how he, he gets injured. Um, 
but like he was also kind of a a, a Lothario with the yeah. ladies, and you know he had a thing for nineteen year olds, um, you know, and and he got one of them into the superhero game, even though she didn't have any powers, um, you know, mainly just because he liked having the attention, and you know, it, it's just uh. I, there, there was there, there was so much more stuff that they could have focused on, um, where there's a lot of story to tell. This is a part of the Malar World deal, where I mean they gave him like half a billion dollars to do, to have first looks for anything that he does. Like I think any any new Kickass stuff is on here. Any more like Secret Service stuff? Any more Nemesis? You know. All of that, like Netflix has the first right to, which is great. And I, Mark that is Ma- awesome. Yeah. Mark Millar was a 30 year overnight success, right? That dude, pay, he paid his dues. He wrote some great, great comics long before uh, Jupiter's Legacy or Kick Ass. Um, you know, he's responsible for Civil War, he's responsible for Old Man Logan. Um, mm-hmm. you know, which like I hate Wolverine. I love Old Man Logan. He wrote Ultimate X Men. He wrote, uh, or on Ultimate X Men. He wrote on Ultimate Fantastic Four. Wanted, people tend to forget. Wanted, you know, Kingsman: The Secret mm-hmm. Service. He's, you know, he's 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 the guy. He you know he did the Authority. Uh, he replaced Warren Ellis on the Authority on the Authority. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know that one. Um, yeah. That part. And, and so, you know, um, I, I, I'm going to say, like, I know Ultimate Spider-Man is supposed to be the one we're supposed to love, but, like, the first three volumes of Ultimate X-Men, I love. Just love. Um, <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, like, Wanted. Wanted turned into a movie. They, I think Wanted is, like, ripe for a reboot. Um, he did this yeah. great book in 2005 called Huck um, about – uh, just kind of a Forrest Gumpish type character. I, for, I that's love another one Huck. I forgot. Huck I amazing. really love. Yes, it I, is. I, I want to see great, Huck as a as book. a Netflix as a as a six episode Netflix miniseries. Um, he did Chrononauts, which is great. You know, Kick Ass Hit Girl, all this stuff. He's he's the dude. Malar World is a real thing. Um, and you know, so so with with all of this, um. With all that being said, there, there, there's a, a very rich tapestry to a lot of these characters. And we get the superficial version of it because they want to show Josh Jumel sweaty and dirty in, in you know, the Dust Bowl. And I, I like Josh Jumel. So I like I, this is not I like Josh Jumel, but I like Josh Jumel. <laughs> Except for the fact that I don't think he's a lead actor. He looks like a lead actor. He's tall. He's handsome. He he's likable, but he is a character actor. And the more like chances he gets to be a character actor, I think the more people will, will like stop sleeping on Josh Jumel. I think he would have been an amazing George. I can actually see that. Right? Uh, I could really see that. Yeah. Like I think it would have been amazing to have him as George. And then you move uh you move Matt Lanter over to Conrad and then I don't know who you get to play the Utopian Henry Cavill. Yeah. Um <laughs> And again, this my, is I, I Hold do... on, wait, no, no. Michael B. Jordan. Um <laughs> Um John David Washington. There you go. John David Washington, he's my dude. Um 
<laughs> but yeah, and then I thought Leslie Bibb was like horribly miscast. Yeah. So again, this is coming from someone who liked Josh Duhamel as a utopian. I, I I agree. I think he would actually been a better George. I didn't dislike him as the utopian. Yeah. He looked and again, he aesthetically looked like you want the utopian to look. Yeah. Um. I I think Josh Duhamel in a different world might have been a pretty decent like Batman. Mm-hmm. Maybe Hal Jordan. So, yeah. but um, to your point of Leslie Bibb, yeah, I, I, there were she did have a couple moments, especially later in the series, that were pretty good. But overall, I, I she lacked that power, that strength. Yeah, you expect from Lady Liberty. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Like she didn't have she didn't have any of that like presence that Lady Liberty yeah. had. Um, I will say that the character that I turned around on the most during the series though was uh Elena Camporis as Chloe Sampson. Like you know I actually kind of started like I was rooting for Chloe by the end. Yeah. Well, first episode I first thing I thought was like she is terrible. Like this is going to be. And I think again, part of she, the problem is that wig that she's wearing. Like you yeah. just can't take anyone wearing that wig seriously. Yeah, and even it's one of those things that, even watching her deliver her lines in the first few episodes, I thought, like there was that one. There was that good scene. Uh, uh, the she had a good scene early on with that one on one with her dad yeah. at her apartment, yep. which I really liked. And I think that's when it sort of started turning. I mean. Again, it was up and down, and I and but by the time that second half of that the season came along, I actually liked her character. Yeah, her and Hutch were the best part of the second half of the season. Yeah, I um, re- like so Hutch was played by Ian Quinlan. Yep, which I don't know him from anything, but I thought he was great. Yeah, I thought he was the dude from Jessica Jones and um, Spartacus at first. Oh, um, um. I know you're talking about. I don't remember the actor's name, but like I, I liked that guy. But um, no, Ian, Ian Quinlan was. Uh, let's see. Let's check his IMD real quick. Yeah, he's uh, uh he was in a few episodes of Gotham as Carl Pink- okay. Pinkney. Oh, I never watched. Uh, that, so he, he's he's in a lot of TV shows, yeah, like one Sneaky episode Pete. here and there. Yeah. Sneaky Pete. Uh, Sneaky Pete. I've watched road. a little bit of that just because I like Giovanna Ribisi. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know the long road home. Oh, he was in two episodes of Orange is the New Black. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is his, this is the biggest thing he's ever done. And I thought he totally rose to the occasion. I know we were kind of like, uh, iffy about the whole race swatch swap with Hutch, but like, I think the it swagger worked. that this kid yeah. brings to the role totally makes it work. And see, this is an example of one of those. We, we always say, Hey, as he captures who Hutch is, but also he brings his own little, like you said, swag to it, mm-hmm. which to the point where if you're bringing somebody in to, you know, make, make, make the role their own. Yeah. He captured Hutch's swag from the yeah. comic. For Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. So, and again, he was my favorite part. Like, even though uh, yeah, I liked uh, characters here and there, I think he, he, he was far and away for me my fa- my favorite character in yeah. this in the series. Yeah, it was it's between him and Chloe for me, um, because like I said, once they started showing Chloe using her powers, yes. and like even yeah. even like as big of a screw up as she was, um, it was great. 
the other character I had a really love hate relationship with was Walter. Um, in 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 the comic, Walter is low key the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, until he's the bad guy. Uh, <laughs> but like, you know, you, but we get to see him being the bad guy and like, you know, what he does to George is horrific and, and terrible. But like Sheldon doesn't believe it. None of the other people believe it. Like he 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 essentially just gaslights Sky Fox for yeah. for the entirety of the forties and fifties. Um <laughs> And and so I, I felt like he, I loved one. I thought he had the best costume, the brainwave costume with the the, the yeah. brainwave logo, um, and I, I I liked how he like the 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 effect that they showed for him using his powers like coming out of his hand and stuff with like the kind of telekinesis type like mind control, um, but I will say, uh he was again just a little too like on the nose mustache twirly it would have been pretty cool if he would have been uh a little more again like low key like in the like you know a little like, more subtle yeah just subtle thank you that's the word i was looking for he 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 definitely should use some subtlety um but yeah uh i don't know i like i i thought i thought the makeup that they did on him, on he and uh, and Josh Jumel were great as well. The old man makeup. I I had a. There were times where I thought they it was fine, and then other times, whether it caught the light or a movement in a certain way, it, it distracted me. Okay. And I think that was earlier on in the sh- in the in the series. And as the series went on, I, I think I got used to it a little bit. So yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a distraction. It wasn't you know Henry Cavill's. <laughs> you know phantom lip or anything yeah. like that i think some of that was just the beard that josh jamel had pasted to his face yeah. wasn't great and the same with uh with ben daniels as walter um although with yeah. leslie bibb all they did was dye her hair silver so she just looked like she still looked like she hadn't aged a day um mm-hmm. she just had a better haircut that was silver um than she did in the <laughs> 30s so yeah i you know story-wise they changed things, and again, I, I think some of the things were definitely changed for the good. I, I think following this Lost Arrow model of past and present in every episode was for the birds. Like they, they could, they, they, they. It never let them sound that set the foundation of who the union was, and why we should care about the code, and why we believe these younger heroes want to make a change. So much like Kingdom Come. You know, when when Magog uh, comes around and and, you know, he he set off a, a nuclear explosion in Kansas, making it like infertile. But like he's stepping up to Superman. He kills the Joker. He's you know, he's like, no, we need to just be putting a stop to these threats like that works because, again, we had I mean, at that point, we had 65 years, 60, 55, 60 years of foundational Superman. Uh, no, that's not true. We had 60 years of foundational superman to to base all of that truth justice in the american way on here they just told us about it they didn't show us any of it yes yeah and despite that because i I agree with everything you just said there i like that conflict of and again one of the things this did better than this 
the comic was actually show the younger generation getting their asses kicked, dying. Mm-hmm. And and that's where you understand why they say, dude, this is like you said, this is for the birds. Like, what do you mean not killing? Yeah. Hey, if it's kill or be killed, hey, I'm going to be the one doing the killing right. instead of. And, and again, there's one of the characters who was supposed to be Chloe's friend that even to the end of, of her life as she's dying mm-hmm. and Lady Liberty comes to her, she's like, I didn't break the code. Yeah. Which I think that that is a fundamental that was one of the actually better parts where I like that conflict because again, when you have, if you have that, that much power and I know that, you know, Sheldon slash the utopian decided yeah. early on, we don't meddle in these affairs. We trust the politicians. We don't, which, we yeah. don't kill and we don't govern like, which yeah. is great. But yeah, yeah like because, to your point, ghost beam, like dying, like, you know, from, from sticking to the code. Every time she says the code, all I can hear is Jeff, Jeffrey Rush in, in uh, Pirates. Arr, stick to the code. <laughs> it's more of a guideline. Keep, keep to the code. You know, it's like, it's like yeah. come on. Like, you know, it was, it, was, it was so lazy to just tell us about the code and not show us yeah. the code. And, and again, know, that's code. where they could have – yeah, that's where you're talking about they could have used some of this time instead of going back every single episode of showing his journey to get there maybe showing why he uses that code i mean think about yeah i mean think about the formula for the series if the first two episodes of every volume is the past and then mm -hmm. the last six episodes of every episode is the present yeah i think that i think that would that would have worked a lot better for me i'd be totally on board with that because i like arrow arrow killed that trope killed it they 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 killed it they dug it up they brought it back to life they killed it again they dug it up they cloned it from like the carcass and then said by the way now you're flash forwards which was worse and killed it again and you know like lost i think probably did it as well as any um ip has done the idea of like flashbacks forwards like playing with time um but yeah this was a little much yeah so i i i do appreciate the idea of you know getting to sheldon's code what both in the comic and in this as far as not governing yeah because he says where does it end i I think there's a there's a line where he says where do where does it end and it's funny because what he says why he was fighting against governing is the exact reason of what happens in the comic when his you know son well actually being led unknowing unwittingly being led by yeah. Walter, Walter they do that exact thing that Sheldon was afraid of and and they uh, don't taking over and when they take over in the comic they are not capable of actually governing right that's the thing they make things they they legitimately make things worse <laughs> like yeah. which is hard to believe um but yeah, it's 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 just one of these things where um there was so much wasted time. The, like the 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 hiking on the island, it's like okay, great. Like we know that this is like a little bit of Star Wars and a little bit of Superman, a little bit of King Kong. Um but you know, like treat they need to treat they they needed to treat everything about how they got their powers like jaws. The less we see the more interested we would become in it because watching these six 
strangers put on a boat to find out what happens when you start being polite and you start getting real and arguing constantly. Like this could have been on MTV in the nineties. Yeah. Real world random boat in the ocean. Yeah. That was overdone to the nth degree for me that again. And it's why the last two episodes dragged. See, I didn't it's, think the last, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't find that like same f- dragging phenomenon that you found at yeah. the end. Yeah, I mean, the, like the the whole ship journey, like you said, they were arguing. And I, yes, I know when they got on the island, you know, part of the idea was were they worthy, and they show they showed past groups that have gotten there end up killing each other. Mm-hmm. But that was that whole the whole everything on the ship for me was unnecessary. Yeah, that, uh, the, the yeah. island island, some of it was unnecessary. A lot of it was unnecessary. And some of it was okay. Yeah. But what I mean dragged, and and I I don't I don't think necessarily the finale dragged. I thought that was actually okay. But it was that your favorite word, penultimate episode <laughs> for me that weighed it down. And again, there were some slow parts throughout the series, but right. not necessarily that halted. The, the, it never felt like it halted to a stop. Yeah. The for, na- the narrative never came to like a screeching train track you know of like we need to just stop what we're doing like even with the switch in tone from writers and things like that Mm -hmm. um but but yeah it was um it was weird um i i'm interested to see if it gets picked up i'm pretty sure it will because i've seen a lot of people talking about it um you know we're not on Twitter, so I have no idea what Twitter is saying about this, but I've seen people posting about it on, on Facebook and things. And um, I think one of the problems this show had, and, and I, I was talking to, um, you know, I was talking to Carlo, uh, texting with Carlo yesterday. And he's like, well, it seems like the boys. I'm like, it is nothing like the boys. It shouldn't, even, it's not even the same category as the boys. No. And, and I think that's going to hurt it because people are going to expect this to be gory torture porn uh, or gore porn like the boys is um and like invincible was and and there there is a there is a wholesome streak to this where at the same time there is a little bit of edge where the superheroes stray um but at the same time like in the opening well okay first off i hated the very opening scene when they were little kids um that was stupid and unnecessary um it was a weird virtue signal in my opinion um, but the first scene where we, where we meet Brandon for the first time, Paragon, and he's drinking coffee and, you know, um, he runs down the alley and is, you know, Superman in it into his costume. Um, when, when the Utopian steps in to save him and he looks at him and he's like, you just, you, you're supposed to call for backup. And then he says, um, you're paying for this, for all the damage that he caused. It's like, see, this is different. This is not... This isn't even something like that the Justice League do. They they cause all this damage and carnage, and then you know they leave. The Avengers, mm-hmm. they, you know, the Avengers don't step in to fix anything. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, so they 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 do that. They 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 are are conscious of of casualties. They are conscious of collateral damage. And and so in in that way it's completely different. Like there is no equation of like, well, if we lose twenty percent of the people on this mission, it's a success. 
No, if they lose right. one person, they consider it a failure. Yeah. And, and, and that's and important. Again, yes, absolutely. Because the boys was more about a nihilistic view of people With that are heroes. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's one of the things, you know, I love the boys, but that's one of the things I, I don't like about it is that it's so, it has such a pessimistic view of, well, if people get powers, they're going to be assholes. Well, it's garbageness. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know that. Yeah, it's just. So. And again, yes, that's true. A lot of people would, but there would also be people like um, the Utopian, like Steve Rogers, out there that truly do want to do the best and help those around you. And well, yes, I, if it, you it, look it, at Mark Millar just in general, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, Dave, kick ass. Like, he's very positive about being a hero and helping people. Eggsy is very positive about, you know, being Kingsman and helping people. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the Utopian is very positive. Huck is all positivity all the time. Um, you know, even, um, oh, shoot, uh, I don't remember the character. The, the guy that James McAvoy ended up playing in the movie. Um, you know, he's oh, yeah. Won it. positive, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, he's not he's he doesn't start out as positive, but then when he realizes he has power and agency, like he's like, No, I need to use this for something good. I'm not just an assassin who is at the whim of some random, you know, higher power picking who I kill. Yeah. So I don't know. I all in all, I I I, I liked it. I the only two episodes I watched back to back were the last two. Like, I watched the first episode, I went and did some other stuff, I came back and watched the second episode. You know, I was watching more than one episode in a day, but I, I did not ever sit down and just binge any of it until the end. And it's because I, I liked, like, when you said it dragged, I was surprised, because, like I said, those were the only two episodes I actually kind of, you know, quote-unquote binged. Yeah, I there were a couple times where I've watched, I watched back-to-back episodes and I actually watched episodes six and seven together and it was late. And I was like, you know what? I probably shouldn't watch episode eight. Yeah. Even though it was like 35 minutes, I believe. But <laughs> yeah. All in all, I enjoyed it. Yeah. It has its faults, but I really do want to revisit this world again, um, see some of these characters and, and see how they not necessarily step it up, but transition from, where you know some of these like where brandon is now to where he becomes what he becomes in the comic and how much of that they will follow mm-hmm. so that and again with shows like this that's what i'm always curious about because yeah. again there were definite changes in here what are they going to change as far as going forward because mm-hmm. like you said i i almost think that they would wait until a season two finale to have what happened to the utopian and lady liberty for the sake of that surprise moment yeah even if it doesn't give you what comes after until season three so for example i I, here's what i i would like to see in volume two is it happens just out of the blue in the middle of the season and then there's a time jump for the rest of the season that would be ideal for that's me. ideal like that that's that's yeah. the near pinfall where you think oh my god he's gonna win even though he didn't hit his finisher um mm-hmm. you know this is like oh my god the series is over oh wait there is a third generation of heroes now uh and jason is amazing <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> um I, I'm, I'm just gonna say this netflix 
when when you have Jason reveal who he is, age that character up so you can cast an 18-year-old to play a 14-year-old. Yeah. Do not do not do an 8-year-old. Please. No, please no. Please, please no. do not do a little the the precocious little kid. Like that is not Jason is is capable and he's a genius. Um, he's powerful and confident and, you know, let's not give him the Amazon prime quote unquote invincible Mark Grayson treatment. Let's give him the, like, this is like no other kid hero you've ever seen before treatment. Yeah. I, I, I like that idea of aging him up, but they're probably going to make him a girl. So. (laughs) Thanks for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, all right. So out of um, 10 Black Star smashed in faces. Oh, oh, sorry. Out of 10 Black Star clones smashed in faces. Um, what do you what do you give the, the season as a whole? I give it a six. Uh, I, I was kind of teetering between a six and a six point five. It's still, you know, either way, it's enjoyable for me. I, I really liked it. Uh, there were some very, you know, I really appreciate. I really like, you know, Josh Dumel. Uh, I like Chloe, the Chloe's character, Ian Quinlan as Hutch. Those are like kind of my three, you know, three all stars. You know, Ben Daniels was pretty good as well. It, it didn't get to that six point five or seven for me just because of some of the narrative choices. Not that the narrative was convoluted but the whole past 1929 past was just yeah. too much for me yep. you know some of the acting wasn't as good as it could have been some of the actors chosen just didn't fit the roles as well as they should have been there was some some iffiness with some of the special effects and some of the fight scenes yeah but overall i enjoyed it and i liked the world it created and some of the questions it brought up sure and i'm really I am looking forward to seeing what they do down the road. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So I treated this kind of like um, like a gymnastics routine, right? The mm-hmm. ceiling for this was an eight. Like, I, I don't I don't think it was, like, super difficult. Like, so, like, a 10 was never on the table, right? This, this okay. was kind of right. – this was kind of a it, – it, it's an easy pitch as far as a show goes, and – the source material is simple enough that like they don't have to do anything crazy to make it good. So an eight was the highest I was ever going to give it. Um, I take away points for um, like bad acting. Um, I I took away points for all the like the the stuff in the past, and and then um, I, I I took away points because. There, there were some narrative things in the middle that just kind of they overcomplicated, and they didn't they didn't go with the keep it simple stupid method um, <laughs> to to just tell the best story they possibly could. They overcomplicated it for for some odd reason. So I'm with you. I landed at a six. So, um, but like, I like it's a high six. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's I'm I'm. It's not like lock and key where I know we're gonna watch it and talk about it, but I'm dreading it. Um, it, it it's more like um, 
like it, it's it's more like the the boys where like you know like i like the boys like if you if you put this and the boys in front of me i would actually probably watch this first um because like i have to be in the right like the boys comes out at the exact right time of year to be nihilist because it's kind of cold outside and you know we're not there's not a whole lot to do but uh but with this one like uh it was nice out i cut the grass in between i went for a bike ride you know um i you know i did stuff i could do stuff went to you know mother's day was happening um but it was still like it was easy to come back to it was like you know but the the biggest problem for me was the overcomplication of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you said that early on too. Yeah. When you, when oh, were, in the first episode, they overcomplicated it immediately yeah. off the bat. Um, and you know, so yeah. Anyway, cool. Anything else? Yeah. Okay. No, just again, uh, I'll probably and again, I I agree with what you said about the boys too. I love the boys, but I cannot watch the boys the same way I could watch something like this, even though I think it's narratively it's done better. It's just the tone is, I have to be in a right, the right frame of mind, like you said. Yep. And this is one of those I could, like I can come back to just say, Hey, let me just throw this on and yep. yeah, let it, let it run while I'm doing stuff. Let it run in the background when I'm doing stuff. Let me, I'll sit here, watch this, this, Oh, I like this scene right mm-hmm. here for about five minutes. Then do something then continue to do stuff in the background. Yep. So, yeah, this is a great like working and and watching show. Mm-hmm. So, all right, cool. Um, I don't have anything else to add, so I think on that note, we will. Uh, thank you for listening. Make sure to check out the episode on Sunday. We review Invincible and the Venom Two Electric. No, Venom Two. Let there be carnage. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo and um, a Quiet Place. To um, the kids are now bait. Um, trailers so uh yeah awesome well on that note we'll talk to you guys later all right bye bye the infamous podcast is recorded in kings mills ohio just north of cincinnati you can find new episodes every sunday on apple podcast youtube spotify google podcast our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. The show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at infamouspodcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamouspodcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So, whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.